Welcome to worship at Edmonds United Methodist Church. No matter where you are on life's journey, no matter what you believe or doubt, no matter how much or how little you have, no matter your race, gender, or immigration status, and no matter whom you love, you are beloved belong and are welcome. We say these words every Sunday to remind ourselves that even though the world sometimes places limits on belovedness or worth, God doesn't. So friends, welcome. Good morning, friends. Welcome to worship here at Edmonds United Methodist Church. My name is Donna Pritchard, I'm the pastor here, and this is... And my name is Cheryl Hay, and I am the liturgist, liturgist for today. And we are so grateful for you. Thank, Thank you. you, Cheryl. Uh, let's take a moment to welcome our friends who are worshiping with us online. Welcome, friends. It's good to be together this morning. Would you rise in body or spirit for our call to worship? Come into this time in whatever space you inhabit. Come into worship with whatever you have. For you who are sad, for all who are grieving, for any who are lonely. Come into worship with the broken pieces of your heart. Come into worship with whatever you have. For you who are happy, for all who know joy, for any who rejoice in this day. Come into worship with the light and hopeful places in your heart. Come into worship with whatever you have. For you who are weighed down by too many shoulds and what ifs, for all who carry a burden of guilt, for any who struggle with shame. Come, come into, into worship with, with the, the hidden pieces of your heart. Come into worship with whatever you have. For you who have the answers, for all who have no doubt, for any who feel completely confident this day. Come, come into, into worship with the confident hearts of your heart. Come into worship with whatever you have. For you who are filled with questions, for all who are confused, for any who are seeking God's power, come, come into worship with, with the open places in your heart. So let us all come into this time in whatever space we inhabit. Let us come into worship to receive healing and joy, forgiveness and assurance in the power of God's love for us all. And now my friends, living together on the ancestral lands of the Coast Salish peoples, we begin our worship as we always do with an opportunity to reconcile ourselves to God and one another through the passing of the peace of Christ. You may offer signs of peace in whatever ways are most comfortable for you and your partner. The peace of Christ be with you all. And also
I'd like to invite the young folks in the congregation to come and to join me here on the chancel floor. Oh, careful. <laughs> you all right? Good morning. Well, I wanted to share with you this morning one of my very favorite books. It's called Old Turtle. Have you ever read this book? Well, it's a great book, and I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's kind of long, but I also have pictures for the people who are out there so that they can see pictures as well. But the story of Old Turtle goes like this. At the beginning of time, before people were made, when God made the planet and the plants and the flowers and all the things that grow on the planet and the oceans and the sky and the animals, everything was so beautiful and harmonious, very peaceful. But you know what happened according to our story? The animals started talking with each other about who was most like God. And the plants started saying, well, they were really the ones most like God. And the ocean said that they were the ones most like God. And there became a huge argument until finally, and it got louder and louder and louder until finally they heard one voice that said, stop. And you know who that voice was? 
it was Old Turtle, that's right. And here's a picture of Old Turtle, who is on top of a mountain addressing the creation. And here's what Old Turtle says to them. God is indeed deep, she said to the fish in the sea, and much higher than high, she told the mountains. He is swift and free as the wind, and still and solid as a great rock, she said to the breezes and stones. She is the life of the world, Turtle said to the willow, always close by, yet beyond the farthest twinkling star, he told the ant. God is gentle and powerful above all things and within all things. God is all that we dream of and all that we seek, said old turtle, all that we come from and all that we can find. God is. And then old turtle went on to say, there will soon be a new family of beings in the world. <clears throat> they will be strange and wonderful. They will be reminders of all God is. They will come in many different colors and shapes. And they will have different faces and different ways of speaking. Their thoughts will soar to the stars, but their feet will walk the earth. They will possess many powers. They will be a strong yet tender, a message of love from God to the earth and a prayer from the earth back to God. Who's he talking about there? People, that's right. He's talking about us, isn't he? But the people forgot. They forgot that they were a message of love and a prayer from the earth. So they began to argue about who knew God and who did not, and where God was and was not, and whether God was or was not. And often the people misused their powers and hurt one another or killed one another, and they hurt the earth until finally even the forests began to die. And the rivers and the oceans and the plants and the animals and the earth itself, because the people could not remember who they were or where God was, until one day there came a voice, like the growling of thunder, but soft as butterflies sneezes. Please, it said, stop. The voice seemed to come from the mountain, who rumbled, sometimes I see God swimming in the dark blue depths of the sea, and the ocean, who sighed, he is often among the snow-capped peak, snow peaks, reflecting the sun. From the stone who said, I sometimes feel God's breath as she blows by. And from the breeze who whispered, I feel God's presence as I dance among the rocks. And the star declared, God is very close. And the island the island added, God's love touches everything. And after a long, lonesome, and scary time, the people listened and began to hear and to see God in one another 
and in the beauty of all the earth. I wanted to share that story today, and it kind of makes me start to cry because of what has happened on the island of Maui this past week, where there were huge wildfires that were fueled by great winds. And the reason that the, the fires burned so hot and so fast is because we people have forgotten how to take care of the earth. And we have changed the climate because of that. And so Hawaii is dry, 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 just like it is here. And it was able to burn so fast because we have forgotten that our job is to remember God's love is found in all creation, in the plants, in the animals, in the oceans, in the skies, and in each one of us. And it's our job to take care of it. I hope that this will be a reminder to all of us to do what we can to reflect God's love and to care for it in all of creation. Let's pray together. If you would please repeat after me. Dear God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving us the earth. Help us to care for it. And help us to remember that if we love, we do not have to be afraid. And all God's children said, Amen. Well, it turns out we have some childcare possibility in the nursery if you want to go there. If you would rather stay in worship, you are very welcome to stay in worship. Or you're also welcome to be in the back because there are some toys back there as well. Thanks for coming up. We'll see you a little bit later.
just a brief introduction to the scripture which Gala will read for us this morning comes from the book of first John now we don't really know who wrote this letter it's often attributed to the Apostle John but the problem is there's no name attached to this writing which probably dates to the last half of the first century, sometime around 90, Common Era. And the only attribution given is that of the elder, who is not identified. Still, like all New Testament letters, 1 John is written to a particular community of Hellenistic or Greek Christians who are facing big issues. They're facing organized persecution of Christians by the Roman government, for one, and increasing heresy infiltrating the church from various Greek philosophies. And they're facing a crisis of church leadership. So the author writes to the community, which is probably in Ephesus, reminding them of the importance of love. First, the initiating work of God's love extended to us before we do or say or even think anything at all. And then the love of the beloved community. It's important to note that this is not a sentimental, squishy Hallmark card kind of love. Rather, it is love which speaks the truth and love which expects the truth, and love which supports the truth. It is love which goes beyond sentiment, even beyond fear. Let's listen now for that kind of love as Gayla reads the scriptures for us. Good morning, church. My name is Gayla Shoemake. Please rise in whatever way is meaningful to you for the reading of the scripture. As 
Pastor Donna said, the scripture lesson today is a reading from the first epistle of John, chapter 4, verses 16 through 21 in the Common English Bible. God is love, and those who remain in love remain in God, and God remains in them. This is how love has been perfected in us, so that we can have confidence on the judgment day, because we are exactly the same as God in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear expects punishment. The person who is afraid has not been made perfect in love. We love because God first loved us. Those who say, I love God, but hate their brothers and sisters are liars. After all, who doesn't, who doesn't love their brothers or sisters whom they have seen hardly can love God whom they have not seen. This commandment we have from God, those who claim to love God ought to love their brother and their sister also. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Please join in singing the hymn of preparation. Still our 
despise for seated. Grace and peace to you from God and from Jesus Christ who calls us together in love. Well, today is the second in our four-week sermon series we're calling You Asked For It, because you did. Several of you requested sermons dealing with the difficulty we encounter in offering unconditional love. Anybody here expert at that? <laughs> yeah, it's tough, isn't it? Especially when it comes to loving those with whom we do not agree with the opinions, with their opinions or their beliefs or their actions. And the question which seemed to sum up all these queries was this one, how do I love without enabling bad behavior? What might the Bible mean when we are told that perfect love equals no fear? Well, I read this passage from 1 John and immediately, Tina Turner started occupying my mind and provided a sort of soundtrack for sermon writing. What's love got to do, got to do with it? What's love but a second-hand emotion? What's love got to do, got to do with it? Who needs a heart when a heart can be broken? Well, according to the Bible, at least, Love has everything to do with faith and also with life. It all begins with God's love. And in case we ever forget that fact, 1 John makes it abundantly clear. God is the source and definition of love. God's love follows us as night follows day. And when it comes right down to it, the best way to describe God is love, as in God is love. God's love is a truth more basic and reliable than the ground we walk on or the air we breathe. What's love got to do with the life of faith? Everything. Time and again, the Bible tells us that even our deepest, darkest secrets even the ugliest parts of ourselves are not beyond God's loving reach. Nothing in us can ever be so broken or disconnected, so fragmented or alienated that God is unwilling or unable to touch it and to heal it and to love it. Because God loves imperfect people, imperfect me and imperfect you, 
perfectly. That's all well and good for God, isn't it? <laughs> but it may not be that easy for the rest of us. You remember that Tina's song asked more than one question, what's love got to do with it, is followed by an even more provocative query, who needs a heart when a heart can be broken? Love is not always an easy thing to do. Whether you're talking about family dynamics, brothers and sisters, parents and children, grandparents and grandchildren, partners and friends, husbands and wives, people you live with and people you cannot live without. Love is not always easy. Whether you are talking about neighbors you've known all your life or strangers you have yet to meet. Love can be a risky endeavor as it places you in a precarious position of vulnerability especially, especially when loving gets confused with enabling. You know, Jesus never stopped loving someone because of their sinfulness, but he also never shrank away from calling anyone to accountability. Jesus knew the difference between loving and enabling. Loving helps others to avoid mistakes, while enabling assists others in avoiding consequences. Many years ago, I was the pastor of the Albany United Methodist Church, and the youth group there one day went out and did a fundraiser car wash at a 7-Eleven in town. And during that event, one of the youth went into the store and shoplift. Now this was witnessed by two other youth who then told the story. This child's parents were so busy protecting her, helping to avoid consequences, that they enabled her lie that she had not done this. Well, I'll never forget my daughter who was in that youth group coming to me and said, Mom, if that was me, I kind of think it would have gone differently. <laughs> I said, you better bet your bottom dollar it would have gone differently. <laughs> Loving helps others avoid mistakes. Enabling assists them in avoiding consequences. Loving also speaks the truth, even when it is difficult, hard to say, and even harder to hear, while enabling avoids speaking or doing anything when it is hard and will potentially create conflict. Loving takes the long view. It may allow some discomfort now to stop it from continuing in the present or getting worse in the future, whereas enabling only sees the short view. It avoids the present discomfort at the risk of ongoing pain, even worsening pain in the future. Loving does what is best for the other, even if it is painful to watch the lesson being learned, while enabling rescues the other 
to avoid that pain of watching the lesson be learned. Now I know we all fall into the trap of enabling others from time to time. Your child makes a mistake and you don't want them to suffer harsh consequences. Your spouse or your friend tries to cover up a lie and you don't want to rat them out. Your friend disregards their own health by overworking, overeating, overstressing, and you don't want to nag them about what they already know. We all fall into the trap of enabling from time to time. And it's not that we have bad intentions. We're just trying to shelter someone from the pain their own actions have created for them. We don't want them to feel judged or to become angry with us. The problem is, my friends, when we love someone without setting healthy boundaries, when we allow them to continue making bad choices, doing bad things, persisting in the same mistakes, we are essentially saying, we don't think they can ever change. We don't think they can ever grow or heal or become the person God created them to be. We are taking the coward's way out. It's no wonder love is often associated with fear. Who needs a heart when a heart can be broken? Yet if the author of 1 John is to be believed, fear may be the enemy of love. Nadia Boltz Weber puts a fine point on it when she writes this, fear steals things. It is a thief of love and joy and generosity, for starters. Fear even takes things away while convincing us it is actually protecting us. Fear convinces us it is more real than what is actually happening. The only time fear is not a liar is when you are actually about to be attacked by a bear or asked to do the chicken dance at a wedding, <laughs> or some other imminent threat. Fear is a liar. And it takes something like this. First video clip, please. The running of the bulldogs? Surprising. What's not surprising? How much money Aaliyah saved by switching to Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. So fear can take something like that and convince you it is really this.
So think about it for a moment. What lie has fear convinced you to believe about your own life? Or about the relationships that you have? Or about the kind of love that you offer or the enabling you sometimes do? It is true love leaves us open to being hurt. It is true that speaking the truth in love can be a risky thing to do. But my friends, do not believe the lie that fear teaches when it says that love is always going to hurt you, or that speaking the truth in love and setting appropriate boundaries without enabling bad behavior is always going to backfire, because it is not. Fear lies. A while back in the Christian century, some authors were invited to try their hand at summarizing the Christian message. The challenge they were given was to proclaim the gospel in a maximum of seven words, and then to expand on their statement in a few sentences. There were a number of great responses. You might want to try that, by the way. The one that caught my fancy was this one from Kathleen Norris, who wrote simply, God is love. This is no joke. She then went on to say, we use flippancy and irony to shield ourselves from feeling. We relegate love to the realm of the romantic and sentimental, and then we dismiss it. But gospel love brings us to our senses. The love epitomized in Jesus Christ is serious and demanding merciful and not judgmental, life-giving and self-sacrificing, and it is love that sees and tells the truth, whatever the cost. Perfect love casts out fear, not because it makes everything in every relationship easy, not because it promises to protect us from conflict, from the vulnerability of truth-telling or the potential risk of setting appropriate boundaries, but simply because we are all involuntary artisans stuck in the effort of living with all its unpredictable openings of grace that carry us along and make us feel complete from time to time. In place of wings, God gave us love. God gave us love. God's love and our love for one another. Love which is strong enough to speak the truth. Love which is wise enough to set appropriate boundaries. Love that is patient enough to take the long view. To think about this moment, yes, but also about the next moment and the one after that. Love that is brave enough to ask for help and to offer help when we want to love without enabling bad behavior. What's love got to do, got to do with it? Everything. Thanks be to God, amen.
Let us pray. O gracious one, you are the God from whom no secret is hidden. And so we tell before you our great fears. We have fear down to our toes because of the danger of sickness or death. We have fear up to our ears from violence around the world. We fear for the fragility of our economy and our place in it. We fear for the threats our democracy faces. We fear for the safety of immigrants in need of refuge among us. We fear for the planet. We have fear that causes us loss of sleep, that skews our vision and distorts our judgment. And we know that fear is contagious. It passes among us. It flows from issue to issue. Our fear evokes our worst selves and summons us to shriveled, demeaned, and demeaning lives. But then you, God, you as perfect love, you crowd in against our deepest fears, O perfect love, cast out fear, Cast out our hesitation to tell the truth, that we may become generous in self-giving, open and vulnerable, that we may gladly risk more and more of who we are and what we have. O perfect love, cast out our fear. 
cast out our guarded isolation, our need to keep things nice on the surface, even if it means ignoring the bad choices, the bad behaviors of those we are trying to love. O oh, perfect love, we turn to you so that we are not eaten alive by our fear. In your presence, we move toward fearlessness. Let us be fearless in our generosity. Let us be fearless in our truth-telling. Let us be fearless in our hospitality. Let us be fearless in our loving. Let us put ourselves down in your deep embrace that holds us closely along with all those whom you love. We pray in the fearless name of Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. I invite us into a time of giving. The offering plate will be passed in the sanctuary, and I encourage you to be generous, as God has been generous to us. If you are online, you may give two ways, online at using the give link or button in the top right corner or via mail. In order to give online, please go to edmundsumc.org give. In order to give via mail, please send checks to 828 Casper Street, Edmonds, Washington, 98020.
Alleluia, God is among us, God is among us, Alleluia, Alleluia, God is among us, God is among us, This offering extend the work in this your church, the greater community, and the world which you have made. Amen. There we go. I knew I couldn't get through a whole service without forgetting that at least once. <laughs> well, just a few announcements that I want to offer this morning. As always, there is a list of prayer requests on the back page of the bulletin. And I would really invite you to take a look at that, take it home with you, and spend some time this week lifting up these persons who are in need of healing, who are in need of grace in one way or another, or who are grieving. Um, now, today, in just a few moments, uh, when worship concludes, we're inviting you to come out, get a uh, refreshment, and then join us at one of the tables in Wesley Hall, where we will have an opportunity to hear the results of the recent congregational survey, the beginnings of our strategic planning process, and then to hear a little bit about demographic information, who we are, who our neighbors around us are, and to talk about next steps in this process. Um, this should take about an hour, so you shouldn't you know, absolutely faint from hunger. There are some good treats out there as well, and I do hope that as many of you as can stay will stay. Um, also, the, this week is the last um, 
summer reading pop-up, and you can read about that in the bulletin as well. This is a partnership with Toy Shop and the Food Bank and the Edmonds Library. And if you want to be a part of that, there's information about that. Um, take a look at these banners, and there's a little, in, uh, little bit of description in the uh, back of the bulletin about them. Uh, they are meant to mirror the stained glass windows. And so it's a very interesting um, read in there as well. And are there, other, are there some slides? No. Oh, this is the one I was looking for. <laughs> so many of you are aware of the devastating wildfires on the island of Maui um, recently. Among those that, um, that were lost, there are now, the death toll is now up to 93. And the town of Lahaina has pretty much been destroyed completely, including the United Methodist Church there, and also another United Methodist Church on the island, which is one of the oldest churches in uh, Hawaii. So we are um, putting up an opportunity for you if you wish to donate to Relief for Lahaina. Um, they are in desperate need of uh, money for food. Um, they are in desperate need of money for emergency shelters and uh, money even to help fund the first responders who are still looking for hopefully survivors, um, but probably a few more um, deceased folks as well. Um, so we are all aware that uh, climate change is a reality and that these kinds of uh, tragedies are going to continue to happen. And we need to be among those who respond when they do. I believe that's it for the announcements. Would you please stand and join in the closing hymn? Assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. of salvation, purchase of God. Lord of the Spirit, washed in Christ's blood. This is my story, this is my song. I am my Savior, I'm happy and 
Let us go out to be God's people in all God's world, loving it enough to take care of it, loving one another enough to tell the truth in love, and being brave enough to remember there is no fear, no fear in love. May Christ's peace go with us all. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.